Hi, I'm Oliver Burquez, co-founder of 40 Fit. Welcome to the Brain, Brawn and Business podcast. The podcast is to get successful people on just to talk about what inspires them, what motivates them, the successes and the challenges they faced in business, how they've overcome them, what they've learned along the way. It's a really practical podcast trying to offer real value to the listeners and things you can implement on a daily basis, things around business and strategy and habits, lifestyle performance. Hi everyone, just before I start the episode, just to give you a little bit of background about the guests coming on. So Simon Leslie, his company is Inc. It's a multi-million pound company, which he operates across different countries with hundreds of staff and he's, um, he's been running it for 26 years. You're going to love this episode. Simon talks very openly about his journey, um, lots of failures, lots of downs, what he's, what he's done to overcome them. He talks really openly about that and and the successes and yeah he's really inspiring you know that he's he's learning he's done along the way the credit he gives to the people that have helped him grow the business his staff his mentors so you're going to get lots from it the thing i love about simon as a successful is his humility his compassion his empathy and his willingness to help other people and how he talks about happiness not money being a driver which is great so lots of take-homes from the episode. There's also 15 minutes where we go into sort of some tips around sales and product development. And that's very valuable, um, which we did as part of a LinkedIn Live. Simon's book, which he talks about, There's No F in Sales, is available to buy all of the proceeds and go to charity. Um, since getting the book, I haven't been able to put it down. I'm already seven chapters in. It's a great book and, well, so far, and I, I hugely recommend you get that if you are in business and looking to get value and get advice and, and some support in that area. So, yeah, it's all in the podcast notes, how you can get the book. And if you just want to connect with Simon, I advise you do. He's, he's really willing to connect with people and offer any advice and help. So, yeah, that's what's coming up in the episode. I hope you all enjoy it. And uh, coming up now. Hi, podcast community. Welcome back to another episode. Ollie Burquez here. Really excited today to be joined by Simon Leslie, CEO of Inc. And author of There Is No F in Sales. And certainly it's, uh, yeah, it's a book I'm, I'm very excited to read, Simon, because you've just sent it to me. And, um, but I think great to have Simon as a guest. You'd have heard from the initial intro with Simon. Yeah, 26 years, his company, multi-million pound company across different um, across different countries. So they've had huge success. Lots we're going to get inside today. We're going to do a little feature within the podcast today where we're going to focus on and go a little bit more specific around some advice around sales and product placement, product, um, product growth. And that'd be really interesting to talk about. But also... The journey that Simon's been on, I think, is going to be really, um, really exciting. The sort of challenges as well. I'm sure you've had a lot and failures, Simon. You've had to overcome. So thanks so much for coming on today. Pleasure. And um, anything you want to add? To no, I mean, I think when when you think about 26 years of being in business, I've probably had a every every type of adversity and highs and lows. So. You know, any, any of the questions you want to ask me, I hope I've got a decent answer for. No, I'm sure you will have. Well, look, thanks so much for your time. I know you're busy, so I really appreciate it. I know that everyone listening today will get real value. Um, so how did the journey start? How did, the, how did it all start from uni school? 
I'm 50 wonderful now, so it's, I've got to go back and learn. <laughs> I know, man, 50 wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I, I didn't have a good, I didn't enjoy education. Um, and, it, and it's not that I don't like learning, because I learn so much every single day. I'm, a, I'm an avid learner, and I, and I believe that I still don't know enough, and I want to keep learning more. But I, I'd say I left school, but I was more asked to leave politely. Um, I did a little bit of stint at college and I didn't find that any more appealing. I just wanted to get out into the work and and, uh, and get a job. And I looked in the standard and I found this job that said, start now, no experience necessary. And that was me. I was, um, in those days, people just, you just, you turned up at an interview and if you sort of, you know, you could construct a sentence, you, you were given the job. Um, and I was selling insurance for a, for Irish life. It was, and we were selling it door to door. We'd get dropped in a in a in a area by our boss, and um, we had, we'd go out knocking on doors, following our script, and off I went. And I was the only person that ever sold on their very first day out. Um, so that was my that was my claim to fame. Within a couple of months, I was promoted to team leader, and. Um, I got good at it, and I, I, I just liked the buzz of selling. I didn't mind doors being slammed in my face or chased by dogs, and you know, I think got chased by guys with air rifles. So it was it was a real baptism of fire, and um, it was it's what got me excited about selling. Yeah, and and so because this is I think the interesting thing, and sometimes this can hold people back is when people. That fear of failure, fear of no, the fear of rejection can stop people trying to stay on do things. You said right from early age, you quite you didn't mind doors being slammed in your face. Is there anything in time, and it would have been early days, obviously, you'd overcome that, or is that just your DNA, how you're wired? I think the weird thing is that at 15, I would cross the street rather than talk to someone. I was so shy. And I think probably, as a, as a human being, I'm still pretty shy today, even though... You know, when people meet or talk to me, they think I'm sort of some sort of extrovert, but I'm not. I'm you know very I'm very comfortable in my own company, and so when I got to this position, I was thinking, what you know, what what changed? And uh, I think I, I did a little stint in Northampton where I lived away from home. Um, I worked for a lawyer, and that I think was the, the catalyst that I thought, well, if I can do that, then I really can do anything. And then when I, when I went into professional life, it was just, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And also, I think the people that you associate yourself with at the time who would, you know, pull me up and say, oh, come on, don't worry about it. It's, you know, you, you can do this. And I think that's really important. If you have, it's an echo chamber. So if you have people around you who are supporting you, encouraging you, helping you, then, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're dealing with, it becomes a lot easier. I mean, my, my friends... Two of them who I started that job with in 1985 are still my best pals today. Uh, one lives in Australia and the other one is hugely successful here in London. And, you know, we've been um, motivators for each other. We, we, we help each other. If I'm, if I'm ever feeling like I need a kick in the, in the privates, I go and buy him dinner and he'll say, wipe your mouth, move on, you know, stop being a baby or... You know, he'll, he'll give me constructive advice that, and, and that's really important when, you know, when you're in business. If if you haven't got somebody who's going to tell you the truth, you know, if they're just going to pacify you, then you're not going to get better and stronger. Yeah, 
I, I totally agree. I mean, it's quite, I mean, you know, I really believe in mentors and coaching, having people around you and stuff. Um, that's a great place. You've got mentors that are really good friends from a young age. I mean, that's invaluable. I mean, that's, yeah, how good that happen to be like that, you know, and that your friends are going to be successful in business as well, because obviously you're going to, yeah, learn from each other and inspire each other. And I think, it's probably why, you know, you can be good friends as well. Because I think sometimes you can grow up. If, if you're friends with someone from school, you become successful. They don't. That can sometimes cause friction in a friendship or a relationship. But for you guys, you've grown. You've, you've obviously had just huge passion to support well, we, each other. We have setbacks too. You know, you know what, we, we don't talk. For, sometimes we, we might not talk for a year, but, you know, because we didn't agree with what we said to each other. Yeah. But, you know, still, we're still, you know, all of us are still really close. And, you know, we, we patch things up. But honesty, yeah. like you said, honesty, telling people straight, you're telling, you're telling the truth, telling people. Yeah. I, I think the, I don't think I'm friendly with anybody from school because that wasn't, that wasn't an environment that I enjoyed. And so I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, those are not, not the experiences. And I think it's really important. And especially that's what I'm trying to create within with my business today is a workplace where people are, um, you know, they feel like part of the family and, you know, we look after each other and, I've had babies, marriages, some marriages and babies, and you know, and then that's testament to 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 a, have what what is a good culture. And, oh, and I'm just going forward a little bit. Do you, do you want me to tap into the middle? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Listen, it's it's just conversational. This is really important. This is what I love. It just goes off in a direction, you know, and and we're just chatting. So you just take the lead, mate. I'll, I'm I'm going to pick your brains on things as and when you say it. Um, but one thing I'd love to know because. Um, 50, what was it, 51, what, tell me what you said, 50? 50 wonderful. 50 wonderful. So 26 years of Inc. Now that's obviously 25. So I'm just working out, it's a few years after what you've currently done. Where, where did Inc. come about? When did you When did you feel entrepreneurial? When was it like, I, I can, I'm going to set my own business up and, and then Inc. was formed? Oh, no, that, that, that happened at 17. So oh, okay. I, I, did, I did the insurance for a couple of years. I got poached and the guy poached me, then got sacked on the day I arrived. So that was a bit uncomfortable and that's another example of you know you always think the grass is green you always think someone's got got it better off than you and um you know if i'd probably stayed where i was where i was making great money i would have been i, I would have progressed but you know i jumped ship and chased chased something else and it, it turned out to be a flop i i always wanted to be a, um i always say real estate because i've been doing american podcasts but i wanted to be a state agent i don't know why it's just something i wanted to be and Every time I went for a job, they said, no, 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 no. And um, so I thought, right, I'm going to start my own. And that's what I did after the insurance. I made enough money in insurance. So I started an estate agent with, a, with another friend. And um, unfortunately, it coincided with the recession of the 80s. And, you know, as soon as we went in, no one wanted to buy or sell property. So we survived for a couple of years. My friend who went to Australia um, came back and said, we got to get we got to get in this advertising business. I found this great advertising business in uh, Australia, so we started selling advertising, and from there we did local um, what were wipe on wipe off boards. So something you stuck on your fridge, and it had the local services on there, and it was you could write on it and wipe it off. And so we, we produced these for a bit, and it, you know we were we were deep in recession in the UK, and I was thinking, well, if we can sell all these ads, this to a magazine as well. And that was my first foray into magazine. And by the way, all these businesses kept failing. And my dad was going, look, go and get a proper job. I'm like, no, 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 it's not, <laughs> not going to happen. I want to, I want to, 
I don't want to work for anyone else ever again. And bear in mind, when you have your own business, you're still working for somebody. But of course. I think the pressures are a hell of a lot worse. Um, and uh, so we started a magazine and uh, we went from a, from a little office in Wilsdon. We had, a, we had offices on the King's Road. Um, and then one day he came in and said, I'm, well, I've fallen in love and I'm going to move to Australia and see you later. And um, that was the end of that relationship. And then um, that's when I met my partner today, Michael Keating, and we've been partners 26 years. Uh, we had a boozy lunch uh, at the worst restaurant ever. And um, he turned up with this um, weird contract for a tiny airline, one airline, uh, one, an airline with one plane with one route, London to Beirut, straight after the Civil War. And um, that's how we, that's how it was started, you know, on a, on probably what was and the tiniest airline in the world. And today we work with, you know, the, 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 the hugest airlines in the world. And um, it's been a, an interesting journey. Uh, we've been through um, multiple investors and owners and funders. So we've bought, we've sold, we bought, we sold. Um, we went through uh, everything from 2001 to 2012. If you imagine you had 9-11, you had SARS, you had uh, two wars, you had countries going bust, you had um, probably the greatest recession in, in, in our living time. And we never lost a penny. We, we made money all the way through that process. I just said, I don't care about recession, we're not participating. And then when it got to about 2014, um, we got ourselves into, into trouble. You know, we'd just come out of everything, all the difficult times. And we, I guess we thought we were a bit cleverer than we were. And uh, we overextended ourselves. We won too much new business. You know, it's that the, the pressures of, of a growing business. You know, you just take on more and more and more. And we got ourselves, you know, a little bit beyond. We stretched ourselves a little bit. We had to open in the US. We opened two new offices in the US. Um, at the same time, we won something in Asia. So we were, we were really, we, we stretched ourselves too far. And, you know, for me, of all the 26 years, 2000, end of 2014 to 2015, um, I learned more about do, being in business, doing business, surviving in business, what banks, how banks behave, what they do. Um, you know, it really was one of those situations where they give you an umbrella and as soon as it starts raining, they take it back. Um, so that was, for me, you know, a, a lot of um, the story in the book is really from um, 2014, right the way up to the present day, yeah. um, and how I dealt with that adversity, what it did to me as a, as a, as a business owner, and how I turned it around. Because... All the way through my life, I've had people telling me what I can't do. You're not going to be any good at this. You're not going to be able to do that. And for me, that was... Um, <clears throat> some people get upset by things when you say things to them. Me, I just use it as a motivator. Yeah. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm... Go on, then. I'll, I'll prove you wrong. Mate, uh, listen, I'm a, I'm, uh, I'm a buyer of that, that, that thought process. Uh, it fuels my fire. It just fuels my fire even more. And... That people, there's people want you to fail all the time. It's just the way of the world, and uh, people tell you you can't, you can't do things and stuff. It just, yeah, it just fuels my fire. It just, I almost want that because it just makes it more, just more exciting. It just gets your juices flowing, doesn't it? You know, 
Um, I want to ask you so many things I want to ask you, mate. <laughs> this is great. Um, I just want to go back to something that's quite... Look, you've got a hugely successful company for 26 years, and I'm a firm believer. You know, 26 years in business shows like longevity, shows success. You've spoke about that, you know, the challenges and stuff. Shows success, shows what you've done. The journey has been... Um, you've had this great journey. But failure's been mentioned a few times. So love to know what what how how you've overcome that so your mindset to overcome failure any failures that stick out what you did to overcome that as well anything practical because like yeah that's it's quite evident the last couple of minutes i was talking that you know you're at this point now because of the failures and the challenges you've had i think the the interesting thing about failure is it it's um it's just an event (laughs) You know, it's not permanent and you, you, you can't let, you know, one snapshot in time be like, like the, the portrait of your life. Your life is, 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 a, is a long run. We, you know, one of the things that I realised when I, as I got to 50 was actually I'm only halfway through and I've still got a hell of a long way to go. Um, so it, it's easy for somebody when you've overcome failure to tell somebody else how you know, how to do it. And I think it's very personal to everybody. And, but it's finding that right person around you who's who's been in that circumstances and who've done what you need to do. When I, you talked about coaches and on LinkedIn today, or starting this week, I've been celebrating the guys who's helped me. I've been just saying thank Sorry. you. I saw the post. And, you know, today's one, you know, Steve came along and I needed help, um, with a situation and we met by chance um, and he just had the answer that I didn't, I didn't quite know how to do it. Um, when we were going through the really difficult period, I, I, I was very lucky that two of my friends said, right, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to handle it because they've been through similar experiences as well. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they give you crap advice and you make mistakes and it all goes to pot. And, yeah, but, but it's, you know, just because you have one bad day or you have, you know, one bad relationship doesn't mean everything's going to be, it's going to be bad going forward. And you've got to have that tenacity. You know, everybody wants to own a business. Everybody wants to run their own empire. If I knew how how difficult it was going to be when I started, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, you know? really. And I would say that to anybody. It's like yeah. when people say they want to go into leadership. I say, well, why? It's the most miserable job in the world. You've got people moaning at you from below, moaning above you from above. You're never going to make anyone, you, you know, it's, it's, so it's just constant. And I ask, because like, you know, you've said school was, you know, you spoke about school, just, yeah, just something you had to do. It wasn't it wasn't any passion. You've gone out into the world. You've obviously grown this big business. You've made, you know, the failures and the, the journey you've made. Where have you learned? Where have you learned to grow a business? Where does success come from? I know you spoke about two good friends around you, sort of mentor stroke friends, which has really helped. Is it just all the mistakes? I mean, have you done any personal development, any studying, anything you've done to allow you to grow, you know, 26 years of in business and a multi-million pound business, you know? Yeah, so I think this, this is probably um, a couple of lessons that I, I can give you the, um, the recipe, right? But I can give you the ingredients, but, and I can give you the recipe, but it still doesn't mean that it's going to give you give you a perfect meal. I, I I really went and I studied and I and I 
read like a champion, more uh, actually listen like a champion because I find it much easier to listen. Um, you know, when I when I started at seventeen, um, motivation. You know, to, to, today you can you pick up your phone and you can watch fifteen TED talks. You can watch YouTube. You can listen to podcasts like this. I mean, this stuff is unbelievable now for people. You know, when they when they're looking for ideas, we used to get cassettes in the post. You had to wait twenty eight days, and we had. Uh, I remember ordering my Zig Ziglar tapes, and uh, it was, you know. You put these tapes in and you talk really slowly and a bit like that. And that was my motivation. So you didn't have the same resources as the people have today. But I went on that journey. I just went and I went, I want to learn. I want to, I went on the motivation talks. I went on the Tony Robbins, the Grant Cardone's, the, all these different people. I went to learn from everybody. And I just kept learning and I just kept looking for ways to make me stronger and more determined because all it is is about it's about your own self-esteem. It's about your own confidence. It's your own, your own belief system. And and I I read a book before this, which was which was mainly just an internal book, but it was called Success is Driven by Belief. And I just felt like anything I did, anything I believed in enough, that would drive the 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 success, the business success of what I wanted to do. And I and I say this a lot: if you don't believe in what you're doing, whatever product you have, whatever business you run with every ounce of your heart, you won't succeed. Because if you're just doing this to make money or you're doing this because it fills your ego, it feels like something that you want to do, you're wasting your time. You have to have a product, one that people need, people are prepared to pay for, and it's going to actually do some good for somebody. Because if you haven't got those three things, then what's the point? And if you're just in it to make money, you might make money short term, but you're never going to make money for a long period. Yeah, I agree. I really do. I think, you know, is, you know, believing, having that passion, really wanting to do it, that, that love for what you're doing um, is so important. And and money can't be the driver, do you know what I mean? Because, you know, we think it is, and, you know, but it's it's not going to be because you need other things to be happy because, you know, at some point it's, yeah, well, you've got all the money in the world and you can buy what you want, but... Then what? Still miserable. Most most wealthy people are incredibly miserable. Yeah. So and I was I was forty. I had a successful business. Yeah. I had everything I could have ever dreamed of. A fantastic family, and, and I was as miserable as as can be because I hadn't gone through it. I hadn't thought about. I'd focused on just making money. Yeah. So what's changed? That so for, what what's what what other things made you? Sorry, I'm going to come to that minute. Just want to talk about learning. I think it's really important because um, all the get. Uh, sorry. A lot of the listeners that we have on, you know, business and learning and growing and getting a lot of value from it. And this um, mentors and this attitude to learning and investing in themselves, the business owner, people had on to talk is, is a familiar theme. And I, and I just want to re-echo that point because I think it's such an important element. I mean, you spoke about some really big business people or like, you know, Tony Robbins as well, Grant Cordones. Have you set aside money to invest in your education? I mean, you, is that an, is that an, is that something you'd want you expect people to do now? In you know, someone may start in, in business. Do they need to set aside money to invest into that? Hundred percent. I mean, you don't have to spend any money when you're starting off. You can watch it all on on YouTube. You can you can immerse yourself in in content. Um, you know, the, the, the more the more um, the more you do, the more you spend, the more you'll get back. Because you know, sometimes going to these events, you're meeting people 
who are in similar situations or you know you'll make new contacts or new friends so but you know if you've got no money you don't this is one of the things i i, I will reiterate till i'm i can't talk anymore <laughs> you don't need money to be successful there are so many businesses start with lots of money and still fail and there's so many businesses that succeed with no money whatsoever you just need to have the passion and the desire to find the information the information is there i always say to anybody find the most successful person you know and go and talk to them because i've yet i've yet to find anyone that won't talk to me i mean over the last six months i've visited and had coffee with some of the most uh, inspirational gurus in the world i was telling you before we started simon sinek came to my office and just sat and talked to my guys and you know gave up his time gave up a morning just to just to be there because uh, he and i challenged each other about something at a conference and uh, he said he'd come and see me and he stuck to his word and a lot of these people don't do it um i remember going to see robin sharma in the early days um and i loved his content i loved the way he delivered it yeah me too but it, but he was he was not authentic he wouldn't do stuff unless he was getting paid for it okay. and and I, you know, when, when your mantra is, I want to give back and I want to do, I want to do stuff to help people, as long as you write me a very big check, that's not the same as what si the way Simon behaved, which was, you know, coming and just being there and just, you know, doing the right thing for no other reason. Um, yeah, and I want to just talk about Simon, because we spoke off air um, before we started and anyone listening, so um, you, you, you briefly mentioned there about, obviously, you know, you went to a conference, you challenged Simon when he was doing a talk, he was there. Uh, he was fascinated, obviously, you challenged him, you've had the conversation, and then he stuck to his word, he's come in, you've met me, you've had to spend, well, what was meant to be 30 minutes become two hours, you've obviously struck up a good rapport. Um, but anyone thinking, like you just said there, you know, get across to events, put yourself out there, you know, go to the, you know, go to the yeah, events, network, whatever it may be, because it's the people you're meeting, and it's the accidentals, you know, I, I, I think Simon Sinek's great, I love the way he talks, I love his messaging and the way he phrases it. Um, and had you not done that and put yourself out there, you would have had that meeting and maybe your team had met him and been inspired the conversation you had for two hours. So get out there and just put yourself out there is just to reinforce that. And the Simon Sinek example is perfect for that. I would say don't spend your money on, on things that you don't need to spend your money on. You can do a hell of a lot without spending money. Um, once you start creating wealth, then reinvest in yourself. Put 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 money back into you, because you know, obviously, you, you work in the fitness industry, and it's very much up to the neck. And I I always think that it's, it's this twelve inches or whatever it is that is is the bit you've got to work on, because the minute that the mind is not engaged engaged or in gear, then nothing else is going to fall into place. Hundred percent. So I, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm not a specimen of physical health, but I, I do, um, I put myself through physical challenges and I, and I believe the only reason I'm able to do them is because, um, because my mindset is so strong and so powerful that I, I don't, you know, I can, I can get through the pain and, and the challenge of it. I love that. I think this mindset's really important. You know, something struck me about the conversation we had, you know, like you've said, you've, your ability to overcome failure, being told no, um, learning along the way you're very uh you know you're a giving person you're caring you know i said in your tagline you know on linkedin you know leaving people in a better place and you found them the same it's really important to me as well but that's you. you you're 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 talking the talk you're walking the walk and i think when you're like that i think this you know it's, it's very inspiring to see someone like that and you know it's 
there's some really good mindset lessons there. The things I've just mentioned there, if people can apply them into their, their lifestyle, fitness, work, relationships, if you have that mindset to be that person, you, you're going to do all right. You're going to do all right, you know? And, and I mean, you, the point you made before is, you know, what changed? You know, at 40, I wasn't That's it, the yes. same person. I, I am not the same person I was then. And, you know, what's changed was as I went on a journey and I went to understand all about happiness. And, you know, if there was ever a paper written on happiness or a book written on happiness, I've got bookshelves full of them. I know more about what motivates and creates happiness from a scientific point of view, from an emotional point of view, from a spiritual point of view. And that was the that was the journey I went on, and I realised the the shift was going from trying to make money, which is the outcome or the result, to actually helping as many people as I can. And that's that's how it you know you said what changed. That was the change. Yeah. So that so the decade of the so your, the full, your forties, the big change was um, understanding happiness, being more self aware of yourself and your journey. And that was the biggest, biggest element of change for you over the, that last 10 years from money at 40, happy at 52, and business where it is at. I've had 11 years where every year has got better than the previous one. And is that just learning and reading? Is that, is that again, investing in time in yourself? Is that, is that, or is that just growing up at 40, suddenly in your 40s, you're, you're more you know, comfortable in yourself? What is it that you've done to do that in the last, over those 10 years? Son? I'm not growing up. I'm growing old, but I'm not growing up. Uh, <laughs> That's the right thing to me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's right. I think I just decided it's about the people. Everything is about the people. Everything you do, if you do it, if you help enough people achieve what they want, you'll achieve everything you want. And so this is, that was the mantra. Yeah, well, that's amazing. So, like, going on from that then, your business... Um, 26 years of the growth and to work across the different country, where the differences across the countries you're in, you obviously have a lot of staff. And when I see your stuff on LinkedIn and this crazy challenge you did or your team did recently and, you know, and all of the things you're doing, they like, you have this, like your team that bought in, invested in your, in the vision of the company. There's a, there's that team environment. There's that atmosphere being created. And obviously, you know, as a, you as a leader creating that, What's been your What's been your, your, your tip? What's, what's been the success at? What can you share around that? You know, leadership that's led to that. You can see it when you look at your stuff, and you can generally see in your staff that you know the happiness, and you're so you're so complimentary to them, you know, as well when you're talking about things. It's you know, it's infectious. Um, we had a we had a little um, session yesterday, and I you know I talked about. I said sometimes when. I manifest, or I feel miserable and sad, that manifests downwards and, you know, that's how you might treat your staff and that's how they might feel and, you know, I just wanted you to know that I'm in a really good place, I'm excited about life, I'm excited with all the things that these guys are doing because, you know, it's not just me sharing the stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm resharing a lot of stuff that they're, they're writing about their own teams and it is becoming, it becomes infectious, you know, just like Failure becomes it creates momentum. So does winning. You know, when you when you when you're when you're Liverpool, then it doesn't matter what you do, and you just keep winning. That that's what we. That's the same mentality that we brought into the, the business. That you know, it doesn't matter about the result, right? The result is one thing, but how we behave all the time, 
And if we all keep behaving in this way, it's gonna it's gonna manifest itself into a into an environment where people enjoy what we do, yeah. even when it's tough. And something you picked up on you said about them, it's about your staff. So your approach to leadership is how can I support my team? How can I make my team better? What I'm getting across, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's, you're talking about them and helping them, not yourself in this. Is that really key to leadership? Yeah. I mean, there, there is some irony in it that if they all do well, then I do well. And I understand that. I'm not, that's not, that's not, I'm not ignoring that. But, you know, over the last five years, we've, we've basically taken the business from the brink of insolvency to being um, hugely, hugely profitable. Um, and over those five years, we've invested more in people. Um, we, we produce a, a yearbook, which shows some of the things we've done. You know, this started off about 60, 70 pages. It was nearly 200 pages this year, um, where the staff talked about the adventures they've been on, some of the places they've been, some of the things that made them happy. And I think that, you know, I can only tell you that if you invest in your people, you keep pushing back in and you keep doing more of the right things and putting the right behaviours, your business will grow. Like anything you do, fitness, whatever. If you, do, if you don't see instant results, a lot of people give up. All I would say to you is just keep doing it. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, there are people who would have worked with me 15 years ago who said, what's he talking about? I know what he's like. And that was me. And I, and I, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not a denier of, of where I've come from. But where I am today is like, all I want to do is make them better. Um, everything that you're seeing on LinkedIn is just coming from the heart. It is, it is what we are. Yeah, and, and you can see that. And sometimes social media, you know, someone can say one thing and I think down the line it can fall short. Like we've said, you know, we spoke... You spoke off air about a couple of people that had, um, display one thing and actually they're not. Sorry, how they present, what, sorry, what they're portraying isn't quite that when 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 you've sort of seen, yeah, um, you know, that type of thing, if that makes sense. Don't want to go into more than that. but um, And that's interesting. But you're very, yeah, you're very authentic and transparent with, with that. You can just generally see that, you know. Um, like we've been connected for, for, for a couple of months. So, you know, I've been trying to get you on the podcast and obviously following your content and hearing the way you talk. And it's, yeah, it's, it's. Yes, I say it's really inspiring. You know, it's great. That's why I'm so I can't fake all this evidence. You know, I can fake some of it, but I can't fake it all. You can't, can't after you can't after 26 years. But I love the humility. I think this is really important: the humility and the compassion. You're not perfect. 15 years ago, you know what you're saying now to different. But we we grow up, we learn, we 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 change and get better. You know, it's it's just the reality of life and growing up. So the fact you're here at you know um, you know years on from business in a good place. Well, that's that's brilliant, isn't it? Because Simon's in a good place, and then you're helping the people around you, and it's a journey to get there. And, and I tell them it's going to be a good year, and they start to believe it's going to be a good year. And, and once people start believing it is, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what the macro conditions are, because you know interest rates go up, or you know there's a, there's a virus in China. You know, we can't do anything about that. That is not in our control. All that's in our control is that we can speak to our customers and convince them to do something which is um, which is going to be useful for their businesses to grow. And and that's what sales is. You know what what uh, what I learned over the over the years is 
you learn your features, your benefits, and this is how you sell and you sell your product. And, and what I've worked out is it's not that at all. All it is is you've got a problem. If I've got a, if I can help you fix that problem, we're going to do business together. If I can't, you know, I can't, I can't help you. You know, you've got to find that. You've got to find somebody who's going to help you, and that, and that, and that's the art. And I'm finding now advertisers, salespeople, everyone is so impatient. They want to buy. They want to buy an ad on Facebook and get. You want the phone ringing off the off the hook by three o'clock in the afternoon. It's just there's so much noise in, in in advertising, messaging, and promoting your business, and and it's how do you stand out? How how do you stand out from your competitors? How do you stand out in the crowd? And yeah. I was lucky enough. I mean, I do go and sit in other businesses and go and meet other businesses, and through through all the the work I've been doing, I've been introduced to some amazing business owners, and again. You know, you think people won't listen to you. People want to. People will sit and give you more time than you realise if you ask. And I, I found that the, I think the key takeaway is that everyone's got the same problems. Everyone's got the same challenges. No matter how big the business is, if you've got, if you've got a hundred staff or you've got fifty staff, we've all got the same challenges. We've still got disgruntled staff. We've still got people who are unhappy. We've still got people who, you know who feel that like they've been let down by us. And then we've got people who think we're the best thing since sliced bread and you've changed our life and give us a new lease of life. You just can't please everyone, can you, mate? You know, you just can't please everyone. So Simon, I'm just going to go on to around sort of sales now and product development. Love to get some sort of five or six of your best sales tips and advice that you could maybe share with listeners and anyone checking in now. I think the best the best tip I would give anybody, whatever you're selling, you have to be incredibly passionate about that product. If you're not passionate about the product and you don't believe in it with every ounce of your being, um, and you're just doing it to make money or you're just doing it because it's filling your ego or your pride, then it's not going to be um, it's not you're not going to be in it for the long game. You've got to make sure that uh, whatever product it is, somebody needs it somebody's prepared to pay you for it and it's actually doing some some usefulness for the world um and i think if we can if you can keep those key ingredients and you're passionate and excited and you want to help people fix a problem then uh, then sales becomes really easy too too many people spend too much time banging on about their features and their benefits and you know how great their product is and what it, what, it, what it will do and make you feel, but it, but it really is about just solving a problem for somebody else. Yeah, um, it's great. So, so rather than focus on features and benefits, focusing on what the customer wants, find out their pain points, yeah? What, what's, what's their problem? What's something that's keeping them up at night? What's the challenge that they're facing that they need help with? And if your product can fix it, then that's brilliant. But it, if it can't, you know? keep in touch till they till they have a problem that you can help fix and i think that um one of your one of your guests one of your uh, one of the comments was you know how long does it take to do business or you know what's the process and and for me is you know we've done huge deals in 10 minutes and we've done huge deals that have taken 10 years some of, some of our uh, clients we've been pitching since 1999 and you know we'll get them in the end i remember my, one of my first ever international trips, we went to 
Portugal and I went with one of my sales guys and we did 15 meetings in three days, no, in two days. And I remember about two or three months later, he phoned me, he goes, I've done it. I said, what have you done? He goes, I've got it. I said, what? He goes, we got every single person we saw on that trip. Every single one of them is a client now. And it was, you know, he was meticulous in following up, making sure that everybody we saw, we found the, we found a solution for them at some point. Great. What other little things can you do? Do you think, sales? I mean, for, you know, for you, twenty six years growth in the business, things that I know. Do you, I mean, is every industry different, or is there some, you know, principles that can apply in any business? Because sales is sales. No, I think I think sales is sales. It doesn't matter if it's you know finding that relationship or. You know, buying a house or buying a car. You know, ultimately, you've you've got to. Um, you know, people say people buy from people buy from people they like and trust, and I and I challenge that statement because I don't think it's true. People buy from people they like and trust who can fix my problem. Now, you, I I have people who I don't like at all who I buy lots of stuff from, and I've got stuff I salespeople who I adore who I buy nothing from. So. I think, you know, if you can't fix the problem or you can't come up with something which makes, um, gives the customer value for money, then they're not going to buy from you. Or if they buy from you, they're not going to keep coming back. And, and it's really important just to look after them, to, um, to give them whatever, whatever they promise, give them, you know, 10x or 5x, or whatever, you know, give them a better service than they're expecting. So... Under promise, over, over, over deliver, over deliver. You know, if you say you're going to do this, so you know I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. You know, I, I think one of the the secrets to our success is we've we'll, we'll outwork anybody, so we'll work harder than anybody else. will you know, we'll get things done quicker. We'll make sure that you know whatever we're promising, we'll we'll deliver. If there is ever a challenge or a problem, we'll let them know early, so they're not there's no surprises. Um, we'll we'll make sure that you know we delight them afterwards. Uh, Seth Golden's purple cow, where you know we we we'll give them something they didn't expect to see um, as part of a part of the a part of the, uh, part of, the uh, of what we do. And it's interesting that the more successful you become, the more you decide to invest and give back to your you know to your business, and and that's really important. Yeah, definitely. One thing I really will add, because this is really important, because everybody thinks when they make a good decision, it is going to get a good outcome. And it's not true. Sometimes we make great decisions, we make great choices, and the outcome is terrible. And what we then assume is that the decision we made was a poor decision. And sometimes we make really poor decisions, and we get great outcomes. And therefore, we assume that that was the right thing to do. So I always say is, if you do the right thing and you do it on enough days and you do it with the right attention, you'll get the right results in the long run. Yeah. And it's not about short-term results. It is about it is building a long-term business. Too many businesses are worried about this month's payroll or this month's, you know, this month's results. It is very much about, okay, I don't care what happens short-term. Am I doing the right things right now, which is going to give me a successful business in time to come? Yeah. So you, you spoke about, you know, points of relationships, building that relationships, you know, sometimes you can do a quick sale or it can be, you know, take a longer time to get the sale. What things for you, from your perspective then, is around the situation now which we live in? So if we've got, um, 
if we've got, you know, social media's out there a lot now, you know, so in terms of marketing, have you, is there anything around sales and what's your thoughts on that, you know, building brand for your social media and, or, you know, is it just relationships with people? Because it has changed a lot, I suppose, for you over 26 years. I, I think marketing is a, um, is a multi-platform deal. You don't just wear one outfit. You know, you have a multiple. You have multiple uh, looks for different occasions, and I think anybody that says, "Well, I do everything through social media," or "I do everything uh, on radio," or "I do everything on TV," it's, it's fooling themselves because you know there's a lot of noise on social media, and, and it works. You know, I've sold a hell of a lot of books through through some of the social media channels, um, and and, it, and it's very powerful. And a lot of time, you can do a lot of stuff for free. Um, I mean, LinkedIn is, a, is an amazing platform to get your message out there. And, you know, I'd, I'd follow as many people as you can, link as many people as you can. I'm not a huge um, fan of social media. Um, I think I spent, I, I, I did a digital detox for two years and I, I had a lot more time in my life. I, I spend too much time now trying, you know, trying to keep up and, and sometimes it's a lot of wasted time. Um, I think people have forgotten traditional media. Direct mail, TV, local radio, local TV, magazines, they're still much more powerful in brand building. You can't build a brand through social media. You can't create the trust and the relationship and the education with your customer through social media. Do you not think it gives you a voice, though, Simon, because it, because everyone consumes it? You have to just look on a train. You know, I was the other day on a train of, um, to London and just, you know, me including I was doing work, but everyone's on their phone. You know, I can't say what everyone's doing, you know, but just the way it is now. So it's reaching people. So you think that's the... And you've got, you've got a second. You've got one second to create that attention. You know, they're scrolling through the feed. Also, if you're lucky, they're going to see it. If you're not lucky, they're not. And, yeah. you know, and again, that goes back to, you know, it was it the right decision or was it just, you know, you, you, know, you weren't lucky that day. I mean, I think you've got to keep doing it, keep putting the message and, you know, People are commenting on on the stuff I'm doing. I mean, I've been doing this for nearly six, seven months, and just consistent messaging, consistent, um, genuine, sincere messaging, and it works. And you don't know until somebody turns around to you and goes, "You know, I've been watching what you're doing, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and delighted by what you do, and you, you say all these nice things." You know, I, for, for, for months, I just thought no one's even paying any attention to what I'm doing. And no. it, it, it is it is really important. I've had so many success stories through um, what is an old-fashioned medium, through magazines, you know, the magazines we do for the airlines in the UK. You know, some, some of the people listening to this should be looking at it, should be thinking about, you know, how can I get my brand out there to a bigger audience? You know, the, if your product can be sold over the internet, then it can be sold anyway. Yeah. Definitely. I had, a, I had a question from Jamie, um, one of my connections, you know Jamie anyway, but he said um, he'd like to know about your, what perks you do for your staff, which has helped your retention of staff. Uh, it, sometimes it doesn't even help the retention. We, we, sent, we sent a girl to Hong Kong within a month of her starting. She, she won a trip to Hong Kong and she left about three weeks later. <laughs> um, so, so sometimes it works brilliantly. Yeah. Um, we, 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 we produce a book which is called, uh, which is the ink book, and it tells the stories. You know, it's gone from a 60 page pamphlet to a nearly a 200 page um, hardback book. And um, 
All I can tell you, Jamie, is every time we do more and more of this stuff, our results get better and better. So it's maybe it's a, just a lucky coincidence, but I'm not sure. So it's in the macro, yeah? You're going to have that, that, that example of that member of staff, that lady, but in the macro, if you've got, um, like we've said earlier in the podcast, people have heard this, you know, you're, you want to help your staff. It's about how can I help them and get them better. In the long term, that pays bigger than the short term. Someone has done what they've done there or left. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, very lucky. I've got great partners who let me get on and, and really invest in these, you know, what some might consider crazy ideas. Um, in, in At the end of March, I'm taking my top 10 performers. So these are, these are the top 10 people in the last quarter. And we're going to do this every quarter now. And we're taking them on a venture. And we're going up to the North Pole. And we're going to skidoo. And we're going to... We're just going to have some time to sit and chat amongst us and share best practice and share stories and share ideas between all of us. And, you know, I think, that, you know, the excitement for people who weren't in that top 10 to get into it next time. Oh, so I was about to say that. I bet that's now like, you know, I just think that was me. I'd be thinking, right, now. I want to be on the next trip, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That'd be fantastic. I'd love to hear how that's gone. Um just say around, I mean, we'll, we'll do a couple more minutes live, Simon, and just anything around products, you know, you said about product development and, and that's, that you think is valuable for any business owner, small business or business owner with a team that they can sort of take on. I really want to say that nothing needs to make sense. I think a lot of people try to be very logical or sensible about the way they run a business. You know, I, I had a product that was a great product. Yeah. Everyone said, oh, this is the best product you've got. We couldn't sell it. So what do we do? We put the price up. We put the price up, not 10%, 15%, put the price up 100 times. And it's now our most successful product eight years later. Um, and we're still selling it at eight or nine times the market price. And it's because we believe in that product so much that we, we, had, to, we had to come up with a concept that made it more valuable than everything else. You see, the problem with a lot of people is they become commoditized or my competitor's selling this at half the price I am. In America, I have three airline, uh, two airlines and there's three big airlines. The one that I don't have sells at half the price that I do. Right? If that's the way they want to do their business. And, you know, we tell customers, if you can't afford us, go and see them because, you know, they'll sell it, they'll sell it you cheaper. And, um, they continue to operate that to run their business their way, and we do it our way. That builds such confidence in you as a company and a brand with the people who invest in that that you have that confidence that you know you you deliver, like you said, over deliver on 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 what's expected, and you can then have that conversation that you don't mind go to someone cheaper. We know what we do. Yeah. We're not we're not going to let you down, and, and 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 I would say, look, if it was my money, I'd, I'd spend it there because. You're getting the same product, you know. It, it, it's it's difficult to argue with the, yeah. you know, with the logic of it. But you know, well, somebody's on on their plane; they're not on my two planes, and you're not you're not reaching them. And you know, so if you want to buy theirs, no problem. But if you want to buy mine, it's going to be a lot more expensive. And they yeah. and they they do it. So not worry about your pricing, product. Your product is what it is. Offer. Make sure your product offers real value to people, and um, and and that will carry its weight long term builds trust in people, referrals, I suppose, you know, from good service, people then tell other people. And language, how, how you describe your product, how you describe what you do, 
you know, a lot of people you say, to them, what do you do? And they go, I make water bottles that are the best water bottles since whatever. Um, when people say to me, what do I do? I used to say, well, I, I, I produce magazines for airlines. I have a TV network. I, I do this, I do that. And, and it's all about me. And, and yep. now when people say to me, well, what, what do you do? And I say, well, when airlines and travel brands are looking for ways to inspire their guests or to help them, you know, generate ancillary revenue, they come and talk to me. All of a sudden I've gone from, I don't know, somebody who sells something to somebody who is, who is a trusted advisor to some of the biggest brands in the world. And I think everybody needs to come up with their own verbiage of that, of, of how, they, how they describe what they do. You know, if your water bottles are, are amazing, but all, all you're doing is, you know, I help people when they've got hydration, hydration issues and I make sure they stay hydrated all, you know, all day, every day. Yeah. You just make yourself sound more interesting. And I think too many people are undermining their product, undermining what they're doing. You've got into business to, 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 to have a lifestyle that you want, and then you end up working 25 times harder than you did as an employee. Yeah, definitely. Mate, yeah. let's go on to a few things. I've got a bit of a quick fire. I've got a few questions I just want to ask you, uh, which I'd love to get your answer on. Um, so this isn't necessarily a quick fire one. What do you do to relax away from work? You know, manage a big team, a lot going on in work. Do you do anything to relax? Have you got any? Uh, I, I read, listen to podcasts. Um, every now and again, I do a bit of Netflix binge watching. Um, um, I've got, you know, since the marathon, I've, I've got back a little bit of passion for running. So I, it's not very fast running, but it's slow running. And I, I do a bit of that. Um, I, I do my best to get out, um, and sit by the sea and think, you know, one of, one of the biggest, um, takeaways I'd give to anybody is spend more time out of the office because you come back inspired, you come back with some fresh ideas, especially if you sit, you know, if you can sit there with somebody who's, you know, who's going to inspire you as well. That's, you know, they'll give you some, some great content to bring back the office. If you're in the office and you're doing the same thing every day and you're, everybody's just hearing the same message and the same voice, it becomes annoying. Yeah. And I understand that. Something on a more, or more micro level, you know, it's a really big thing, that time out, you know, relaxation, reading, whatever it may be, to just sharpen the saw, as they say. Something that's, um, I mean, I love my work, I'm passionate about it, so... I don't really have a work-life balance for me. It's, it's uh, family, my wife, them yeah. inspiration, them are number one, them work, them my, my health as well. Obviously, they're all important. Obviously, you know, I train every day and I commit an hour to my fitness and, and lifestyle. But sometimes, I've, I'm this thing, I love to cram it all in so I enjoy it. So I've got to just work. I, I manage my whole diary days, just like to the point and that. Sometimes yeah. I go to plan and I've had to get better at this. And you know, get through the end of the day and I think I've got a little bit of work to do, but I've learned to, I'm tired. Just switch off, let it go and wake up the next day and you had an hour's work to do, let it go, switch off, get up the next day, revitalise. That hour work was done in 20 minutes. Yeah. So you think it's really important as well. Yeah, huge, yeah, huge for me, sleep, sleep's hugely important. It's something I recommend to clients all the time. It's funny, I've got an advice cast going out later today. I don't know if I told you, I'm a little 10-minute um, just advice cast around fitness or health or, or lifestyle and things. One other thing was just talking about sleep and an evening routine, how important that is. People think they've got to train to get stronger. You've got to sleep to get stronger. Yeah. 
Um, great. So yeah, you've got some really good things there around relaxation. Um, who are your personal heroes? You got any personal heroes? And why do you hold them in such high regard? Um, well, when I started out, I met Richard Ransom, and he wow. gave me more time than he probably should have done. I was a, you know, scrappy 17, 18 year old. That's amazing. And um, I told him what I wanted to do, and he just said, yeah, good luck. And now today, Virgin is one of my clients, and it took me a long time to win that account. You know, that was, that was probably over 10 does years. You know ago. You've got, you, does he know you've got the, because does he know you're, we don't have much dealings with him, but, uh, we, uh, I think in 2008, we, we got into the um, Fast Track 100 and we went to his house in Oxford and I met him and I reminded him of the story. And again, he was, you know, he was very gracious. Um, we, we did a great um, campaign with, um, what's it called, one of the vodka companies. And, and he and, um, remember his name there's a great podcast there's a great video online of um of of branson and, and this famous american actor whose name i can't remember um talking about the vodka and, and or the gin his aviation gin and it was aviation gin going on board and it was a spoof and uh, so we put that that's the sort of thing we put together we bring brands to to, to airline partners and um you know help help them do business together great Great, really good. He, he inspires me because it was just, you know, I'm going to do it, I'll get on with it. And, and today, I, I, you know, I feel that way. That, that doesn't come doesn't come from five years of business, ten years of business. It comes from the scars of business and that you just know that you really can do anything now. But anyone listening, this is just real talk. This is real. It's, it's, not, it's not all shining lights, diamonds and Vegas. You know, it's not that. It's just you're in the trenches. You've got this hours go into it. It's hard work. There's... And you know, even someone at your level, what you've done, it's so refreshing to hear. I think people get real value. You know, I know my audience listening now; they'll get value from you know you just I, reinforcing that. It really will. I, I want to tell you, I was thrown out of the office last night at ten o'clock. You know, I, I didn't manage to go home between calls last night, and so my last call was at ten o'clock. And the security guy said, "Gordon, you got to go." And I go, "I really do need to go." But um, you know, it it isn't you know nine to five or eight to, to three. And, and, I, and I battle with this all the time. If you love what you do, it's not work anyway. It's just, it's just, it's hours, right? Yeah. And where you spend your hours. And sometimes I want to work and sometimes I don't want to work. And it's just being competent or conscious enough to be able to go, right, well, I'm, I'm not going to work for the next couple of hours. I'm just going to going to be present. It's about being present who you're with. If you're, if you're home with your wife and your kids, Put the phone off, switch the phone off. I'm not great at it, but it's something that you know, we all. <laughs> nor, nor am I. I've got this. Um, so five to seven in the evening. So I've got young young kiddies. Um, something I've been working on last few months. But like you, uh, it's it's a challenge because we work from the phone. So five to seven, stick the phone in the other room, and they give them their time. So play time with daddy, dinner time, bath time, bed. And then I can work in. My wife's got her own business as well, so actually it's quite good. Sometimes we, a couple of evenings a week, we'll both be working and just sharing and chatting, and we enjoy it. It sounds like, oh my God, you're working in the evening together. It sounds like that, but you get it. When you're, in, when you're an entrepreneur or in your business, you, you I, mean, can, I, I remember being... that way. It's never a chore, that, you know. But yeah, so, sorry, but I was going to say that, five to seven, I'm trying to work and get the phone out of the way, cause it, and, and I'm silent, and just give 
be present and give people that time, and certainly my, my family, because, yeah, six and four they are, you don't get it back. I used to, I mean, I remember being in bed, this is, this was like, this has got to stop, being in bed, reading my son a story, so the book in one hand, texting on the phone in the other hand, or, or looking at emails, and I'm like, where did this all go wrong? This, this isn't right, because, you know, Dad, you're not reading the story properly, and I'm like, okay, that's it, man. You know, be be the best dad you can be when you're with it, when you're playing that role. Be the best boss you can be, and you know whatever whatever role you're playing at that moment, be the best version of yourself. Leave and leave people, as you said, in a better place, and you found them. Yes, sir. Um, so, best and worst. Just cut my cut my little quick fire question. Best and worst business advice you had. <laughs> I've read a lot. <laughs> you, you get, you know. Your family and your parents and your friends love you, right? But don't take advice from them. They don't know what they're talking about. They've never done what you, you're about to do. And um, sometimes they'll, they'll give you advice that you, they think is really clever. Um, my brother keeps telling me that he told me I needed to just focus on one thing and that's what I did. And so I'll give him some credit for that. Um, you know, focus on what you're doing. Don't try and do too many things. Don't diversify too far away from what you're good at. Yeah, and then what? And then obviously you come across some. You know, you mentioned you know, Richard Branson, Simon Sinek, time ago. You, you know, all these people you've gone and met and been around. Any advice that you've got from them that's like, wow, that was like, bang, that is brilliant. I think just it goes back to the belief side. Just you know, have have it in. The, same belief in what you are what you're doing in your product in your people and if you do if you do it with genuine love conviction passion there's nothing will get in your way what would you what 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 advice would you give them to yourself 20 years ago 15 years ago 20 years if you, if you can go back 20 years what advice would you give to that Simon? no you know what you know stop stop, uh, stop gambling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I still wouldn't listen to him anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you the same answer that I gave. Someone asked me this question last week. It's get good coaches, get good mentors. Yeah. Find people who are better than you or are going through what you're going through and just let them embrace you. You know, I was, I was reasonably lucky at a young age. My, my boss had a, what he called was his grey friend. And he had like... I, I, today he's an old man he's probably 40 but to me at that time I was thinking oh he's an old bloke and, and he used to have him around and I said well what does he do he goes he just gives me good advice and I think there there is something about sitting down with people who've been through a lot of experiences and they could just just share ideas and yeah. it's always nice to sit with somebody who's done done what you're about to do and they go I would just wouldn't do it that way yeah any quotes or words you live by you don't have to be sick to get better. Like it. Simon, look, thanks so much for your time, mate. It's been uh, so, uh, so inspiring and motivating to talk to you today. Thanks for giving up your time and sharing some brilliant stuff. I mean, really generous of your time. So thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed the episode, then... If you could leave us a review on the podcast platform you use 
as it would just help the podcast to reach more people and yeah, get it out a little bit more. And that's what we're trying to do. If you feel there's anyone that get value from the episode, then please share it with them as because, yeah, we just want to inspire and help as many people as we can with the podcast. We're all in business. We're all trying to grow. And by helping and supporting each other, that's certainly the way to do that. Um, a couple of advice groups for anyone interested. I've set up, recently set up a brain brawn and business community on Facebook. It's a free advice group that's recently started. Got a few business owners in there or, or people in business and just offering some value, extra advice, the podcast, clips from the podcast and going to start to grow that community and increase the, yeah, the, the sort of the advice and knowledge just around business, fitness, lifestyle and health in that. So it's brain brawn and business community on Facebook and where you can find that and um, come over and join. Once again, thank you to everyone for listening and I look forward to checking in with you the next episode.